is tough and it's emotionally hard, especially when you can't do the one thing like you love doing. But just remember, like, I feel like I've been in the sports so long, like I can step back and be like, yep, there are highs and lows in it. It's like the most cliche thing to say, but it's true. And so if you're on a low right now, just remember what comes next, because like, it's just it's part of it. It's part of the whole journey. It's part of must sound cheesy, but it is. I know so many people actually who've had some of their highest highs after their lowest lows. Emily Abadi here coming to you live from the AG studio and you are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and of course have some fun along the way. Today, I am talking about a topic near and dear to my heart after the last give or take two, three months, and that is injury. As many of you know, I navigated some difficult injuries this year, which sidetracked my plans to run the London Marathon. And so I figured that it was about time we talk a little bit more about injury, about navigating injury, and what better way to do that than to call in another amazing human. That amazing human is Emily Sisson. She's been on the show before. I'll link her first episode in the show notes, but let me talk up Em's amazingness. She is a professional runner for New Balance. She's also an Olympian, and we were able to catch up while she was in town for the New York City Marathon. Now, Em and I, again, have injury in common in that she was slated to run the New York City Marathon and had to pull out because she is dealing with an injury of her own. Now, the good news is that, like me, she's on the comeback, and we're going to talk all about this today. But like I said to her in today's episode, I was really impressed with her tenacity, with her optimism. I mean, she came to New York to watch the marathon despite not being able to run it, and I told her that I really admire that. I really admire that she has such a great attitude and outlook on not only where she's come from, but most importantly, where she is going. Today, Emily offers up her best advice for anyone that may be struggling with injury and also shares her plans for the future and how she has been able to keep a positive outlook even when she's been feeling a little bit down. We also chat about how she navigated this injury, which started to flare up before the Summer Olympics and the important people she's got in her corner to help her stay positive in the day-to-day. A huge thank you to Emily for all of her wisdom and, of course, her time. It was so great to have her here in person in the Hurdle studio. Make sure you're following along with the show over on socials. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Emily Sisson, IRL. Welcome to the Hurdle Studio, Em. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love your studio. It's <laughs> amazing. I'm like elated because I felt like when we first recorded, it was like we would never come out of this moment. And I think it was <laughs> December 2020, maybe. And 
man, what a time. I, it was the day actually after the election. I remember because I didn't sleep. Like I slept three hours and we were recording this. And I'm like, why did I schedule this the day after <laughs> election day? <laughs> Things that you like don't usually think about. Yes. <laughs> wow. If that isn't a sign of the times. Well, I'm so excited to be back with you this week. We are here, New York City Marathon weekend. Uh, This will be coming out not that far afterward, but it's just such a beautiful moment to be in New York right now. Have you been traveling a lot outside of this? No, not too much. A little bit. I mean, compared to last year, I've been traveling more, but it is nice kind of getting back into the swing of things and feeling that bit of normalcy um, returning. Yeah. Oh, my God. What What a time. New York City Marathon. We're traveling again. We're here. What else is on deck while you're here this weekend? Um, a few things, actually. I've got a couple um, things, with mainly New Balance, um, doing a lot with them while I'm here. And then, yeah, just staying to watch the marathon and then heading back Sunday. Yeah, well, this eases us into what we're going to talk about today, because originally you were going to run the New York City Marathon. Mm-hmm. So this is something that you and I are going to really jive on today, <laughs> because I don't know if you're in the loop, but I was supposed to run the London Marathon and then didn't because I got injured. And so... You and I can definitely relate on like how difficult that is to have to kind of pull back on something that you were hoping to do. Yeah, it's not easy and it's not fun, but it is part of the sport and it's something I'd say most runners like have been in that situation before. So um, very relatable. Yeah, (laughs) no, very relatable. But it's also for me, I mean, so I didn't end up going to London. I went on like a, you know, completely different Euro trip instead. But for you to be here this weekend, mm-hmm. how does that feel? I was thinking about that actually when the plane landed and I was just like driving through the city last night. You, I thought like maybe I'd be feeling like a bit of FOMO, like sad I'm not racing, but I'm actually just so excited. Really? <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for the return of major marathons. And I'm just so excited for um uh, this weekend and then races that I have in my future. So actually, like I thought I'd be feeling like a little like maybe sad or like wishing I was racing, but I'm actually just really excited. I'm not really experiencing that for some reason. No, <laughs> so. I mean, I, that makes me happy to hear that you're but, it almost like because I, I did think about that. I thought a lot about like if I still wanted to go to London and what that would like if I would feel that FOMO. And I think maybe you're you've been dealing with this for a minute now. Mm-hmm, so yeah. why don't we give some more context first? So talk to us about what you're navigating now. Yes. Yeah, so um, for about the past three months, since uh, since approximately like two and a half weeks before the uh, Tokyo Olympics, I injured my knee. And I've been rehabbing that ever since. And I'm getting there. I've definitely turned a corner and um, I'm feeling pretty good. But it's been like a long road and I'm hoping to start working out again in like a week or two. But um, yeah, a long, patient (laughs) road. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, what kind of knee injury are we messing with? Yeah, right now it seems to be um, my T-band that I'm still dealing a little bit with. But it was actually like a few different things. And it was kind of hard to pinpoint which one was causing the symptoms and the pain. Um, because it was actually with me, sometimes that's what happens. It's a few different things going on. Um, it's not my first time I've had knee pain or knee issues. So I actually know, um, what to look out for and I know how to manage it. And I know what is I'm able to run through and what I'm not pretty well at this point, Mm. but yeah, uh, it started about two and a half weeks before the Tokyo Olympics. I was on a run and, um, I just landed funny. And 
I like felt like some sharp pain and I tried to finish the run and I was like, I knew it. Like sometimes you're like, it's hard to tell when things come on like slowly, but I knew I was running funny. I knew I like had a limp and I like gave it like a day, tried to run again. And then um, it was pretty clear. I crossed that line of like, oh, this is something, you know, you need to take care of. Uh, and I feel like I'm jumping around a bit, but I was in Providence training at the time. And like the very next day, I hopped on a plane to Phoenix to see my chiropractor so that I could make it to the start line at the Olympics. Wow. And that was pretty much the last like two and a half weeks before Tokyo was just like the focus of getting to the line yeah, and then performing as well as I could to you. It wasn't just like starting the race. I wanted to be able to like compete. And so it was a lot of decision making, a lot um, of just managing symptoms and tracking them. And uh, a lot of that kind of took up the last bit of my uh, Olympic buildup. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can totally relate to that like moment where you're like, something doesn't feel right here. Yeah. And asking yourself like, is this just feeling off or like, is this, right. does this feel like if I keep going right now, I could be doing d more damage exactly. to my body. Yes. And I think that that's uh, like a moment of realization that a lot of individuals struggle with, right? It is. Yeah. Having almost the emotional maturity maybe to be like, okay, this is bigger than this moment right here. Mm -hmm. So if I take a step back, then I could be doing myself a service in the long haul. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes like it is tricky um, knowing yourself because sometimes, especially when things come on very gradually, it's hard to know when you cross that line versus of like, oh, something just feels a little tight to, oh, no, this is like not good. <laughs> um, it, I, I knew my body pretty well then and I knew uh, when something was wrong, but coming back from the injury, I've actually had to rely a bit on um, my chiropractor and also my husband um, because like I'll have days where I'm like, I feel better than I felt last week, but I'll ask my husband on a run. I'm like, well, how am I moving? Like, do I look okay? And, he, and for like a month, he's like, uh, no, he's, still, he's like, you don't, you still don't look great. <laughs> but I, like, I need that feedback because sometimes like your mind can like play tricks on you a bit. Mm. And I'm like, well, I actually feel better. And he's like, you're still not ready to like hop back into <laughs> to normal training. You definitely still have a bit of a limp. Um, and so that's what I do love about having my husband there when I'm running. Cause he can tell me afterwards, like he'll give me honest feedback and that's what I need. So sometimes having like someone to rely on like that, I found that to be kind of helpful this time. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for you to experience this two weeks before Tokyo, this is coming off of, and I was there to watch you, like the most unbelievable performance in oh, the 10K <laughs> um, in Oregon. And so to come to this point before the Olympics, talk to us about like where your emotional state was when start stuff started to feel a little bit off. Yeah, emotionally, I was actually okay. I feel like it, emotionally it was tougher afterwards huh. um, because I think in the moment I'm just so like, okay, what do I need to do to get to the starting line? And everything was just so like just down to like focusing, like taking kind of emotion out of it and just making the best decisions I could at the time because we had to weigh a lot of different things. Like, um, for example, we weren't sure if I should be doing workouts or not because it was, wasn't great, but I was concerned if I didn't like get my legs turning over at race pace a little bit that like if three weeks went by and I was on the start line, that my body like wouldn't be able <laughs> to um, either get through the race, but then also like it wouldn't really recognize race pace. So that was something we kind of weighed was, okay, well, we need to do something, but how much? And should we do cool downs after workouts, take the next day off? 
um, even like flying the 12 hour flight or whatever it was like that was something we had to like um, like plan for because I had swelling in my knees. So we're like of long flights, probably not going to help that. So what can we do to minimize that and help you come off the flight feeling okay? What did you do? Um, well, luckily, like uh, I am pretty lucky. Uh, New Balance did offer to upgrade my flight. So I was able to like lie flat Mm. for most of it. Um, instead of like sitting with like my knees bent, um, for the 12 hours. And then, yeah, I just kind of gave myself a day once I landed um, to kind of like let my body like feel okay. And I tested out running like the second day I was in Tokyo and I actually didn't feel too bad, but my runs were pretty short at that time. Right. And I was doing so much prehab and so much like activation and stuff before running and my runs were actually so short, <laughs> but <laughs> the whole focus was just to keep my body moving well. And, um, I got a lot of confidence off doing like these short abbreviated workouts of like two or three reps. Like that gave me confidence I could get through the race. But, um, but yeah, but to be clear, I did have a ton of help. I probably wouldn't have been able to do this <laughs> if I wasn't getting treatment every day and having people I checked in with every day. Um, so yeah, it was like, it caught it with me afterwards though, like yeah. the day after the race. And when I landed like back in the US, like all I wanted to do was like sleep. I was so, so emotionally drained. Yeah. I was so tired. Yeah. And I mean, there's two things to double click on here. The first thing you mentioned prehab and that is something as well as warming up that so many professionals will talk about how integral it is to their routine. But for the everyday runner like me, a lot of us are like, well, it'll be fine. Like I'll just use the first (laughs) part of my run to do this. Obviously like this, like this is your profession. So like you've kind of learned how to master this, but do you remember maybe a point in your running journey where you started to really realize how integral that warm up and the prehab really were for you? Yeah. I don't know if there was one specific point, but I'd say like as I got older and as like the training got harder and more intense and um, the level I was competing at uh, as that went up, I found it was like pretty key to stay on top of that stuff because little injuries like um, I kind of want to minimize or want to minimize big and little injuries. So um, I've started working with a lot of people I trust who can give me good advice on what to do before a run. And even now, like even when I'm healthy, I probably do like 20 minutes of like foam rolling, mobility, like activation before I run. And I know most people probably don't have time for that um, every single run, but even like um, like a few things here and there, like if um, like you only have five minutes before you go out the door, five or 10 minutes, you can do a couple like ankle drills or like um, things to like warm up um, your feet and your toes, mm-hmm. like, like if that's your weak spot. But yeah, I had a lot of guidance in figuring out what I need. And even when I'm healthy, I always do like before runs and after runs uh, a bit of work. You know what my new thing is? I make an espresso first thing in the morning, oh, almost okay. every morning. <laughs> um, the Arondio for anyone that's oh, that really wants to know. And I'll stand at my kitchen island and do the alphabet with both of my feet. Oh, like, that's a good one. I'll yeah. just, I, I'm, I mean, I'm sipping my whatever I'm sipping my Nespresso for a total of like two minutes before I start doing other things and then like come back to it. But in those two minutes, I'll stand there and just do like some ankle stuff. I've never had ankle problems, but I'm like in these two minutes, what else am I doing besides like maybe looking at my phone? And even if you don't have ankle problems, things can like work up the chain. So if your ankles are really stiff, which mine can get pretty stiff, it can cause knee pain. It can cause hip pain. (laughs) Like if you're not getting great, like I don't have great dorsiflexion. Um, like, 
So actually, even if you don't have problems, it's still good to do that stuff. Definitely. And you also said something that I love, which is like a bunch of little things can add up to a big thing. And that's so applicable, not just when we're talking about injury, but like even small steps in the right direction can make a big difference in the long term. So when we talk about perhaps like going after a goal, like running your first mile, running a 5K, even, you know, bigger than that, getting out there for like that first run or getting out there to do like commit to something, committing to yourself one day. If you keep doing that day in and day out, then you're going to see the payoff of that over time. Yeah, exactly. Then that's the nice thing about running. Like what you like put into it, you get out of it. And I know like injuries, like they are part of it that does happen. But um, if you stay in the sport long enough, like you're, you're going to see those gains. Yeah, for sure. And the other thing that I wanted to double click on, you were talking about how great it is to have the right support team around you. And I think that especially when it comes to injury, it can be so, so hard to be like, yeah, I need help. Yeah, I can't do this by myself. And it's almost like you kind of have to put your ego aside to get to where you want to be. And so often it's almost as if we associate uh, reaching out for help or asking for help or admitting that you're, you can't do it alone as a sign of weakness, when in actuality, reaching out and like looking for that extra hand can be the thing that actually helps get you to where you want to be. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I know when I was younger, especially that's how I felt. I didn't want to ask for help. I like wanted to be like self-sufficient and like, you know, everyone needs help. Like, like you can't do everything alone and like having that support system, you can lean on when you need it. And then also being that support system for your teammates and other people when they need it. Like this is a whole community. Like it works like like you get further together. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think like, I don't know if there was like a moment when it clicked for me, but like, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable asking for help now than I did probably like five or six years ago. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, Green Chef. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit, which means that you can enjoy hand-picked organic veggies and premium proteins without having to worry about where they've come from. What I love about Green Chef is that they deliver pre-portioned, easy-to-follow recipes, which means all of the ingredients, exactly how much you need of each one, right to your door. Honestly, eating well has never been simpler. Last week, I had creamy Italian sausage soup. I don't know about you guys, but I am in such a soup and a chili mode right now as it's getting a little cooler outside. And also, oh my God, the flavor on the Peruvian style beef bowls that I made, chef's kiss with sweet potatoes and bell pepper and cabbage, tomato. Oh, so, so good. I cannot recommend Green Chef enough and you have got to try it for yourself. Head on over to greenchef.com slash hurdle125 and use code hurdle125 to get $125 off, including free shipping. Again, that is greenchef.com, G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F.com slash hurdle125, H-U-R-D-L-E-125 and use code hurdle125 to get $125 off your order today, including free shipping. Also want to give some love to my friends at Gooder. No matter the time of year, I rarely leave my home for a run without my Gooder sunglasses in tow. They are no slip, no bounce, polarized, and perfect for my morning miles, running to brunch, or wherever the day takes me. Plus, they've got tons of different shapes and styles for every single person. 
one of my personal favorites, a style that they have called the Mock G's in the Operation Blackout. It's like a super sleek, all black aviator style or their Circle G's. They've got a style called the $9 pour over. I feel super trendy in them. Like I said, obsessed with Gooders and they make an amazing gift, especially at their low price point. And best part of this, you can get even more discount by being a Hurdle listener. Head on over to Gooder.com, that's G-O-O-D-R.com slash Hurdle and use the code Hurdle15 to get 15% off today. The best part, again, these frames start at $25. So this is a total steal. Again, that's Gooder.com slash Hurdle. Use code Hurdle15 for 15% off your order today. And I feel like a week or two ago, I was having a conversation that was on the show. We did a a panel at Lululemon and one of the men was talking about that the most difficult part of being injured sometimes is that withdrawal that happens almost uh, immediately from your community, right? And for so many of us, I mean, I certainly identify as a runner. Obviously you do. It's your profession. But for you, when you had to slowly kind of pull back on your workouts and you said like you're almost just now getting back into them, right? Mm-hmm. How did that feel for you as someone who really does like hold a big part of your identity as being a runner? Well, so for me, it I it definitely I could see it was harder for me in college when I was part of a team, whereas right now it's just me and my husband that do workouts together. And like the other day we were saying we miss our workout days. We would go like to the track or to like one of the canals in Phoenix, do a workout. Then we go get brunch together. And it was just kind of nice. And we're like, we miss those, but we know they're coming back soon. Um, But when you're part of a team and like it's a big part of your life and like your social life too, I like that was harder. And so I think for me, what helped in college when I felt like I wasn't part of the team when I was injured. Um, Not that you wish ill on other people, but usually there's someone else that's injured at the same time. And so if you can find one partner to like cross train with, like um, to go out and like bike ride with and um, then go get brunch afterwards, it's not the same thing as doing like a long run and like getting brunch. Like I'm not going to say like I love like cycling as much as I love running because I definitely don't. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like it, it just like it gives you something. It gives you like a good enough replacement, a temporary replacement mm-hmm. to get out and get like yourself moving and knowing like, just remember, it's like, it's only temporary. Like you are going to get back running. You're going to get back working out. Um, like it doesn't last forever. So kind of keeping that in mind and just having like one, I've, I've always been a person that really only needs like one or two other like close friends to do things with. And I'm like pretty happy with that. Um, if I have someone else to connect with. So if you can find someone else that like wants to meet up and, I don't know what other forms of cross training you can do, but like elliptigo or something. Like, <laughs> just an elliptigo date. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Whatever but it is. I also feel like you can like make a date to just do something, right? Oh yeah, like, it doesn't that's, have to be exactly, working out. Like, that's yeah. the thing. Like we because we like identify in this way, it's almost as though it's like, well, will these people want to do like other things with me? Like, oh yeah, you know. And, and and it's funny because like you almost like have a moment of pause where you're like, can we do these other things? And it's like, yes, you can do other things. You can. I mean, we've already listed brunch, but like even just like walking around the neighborhood or yeah. like like pick a place that you've never been to before that you want to like go both go like try out if if hiking is in your in your right. wheelhouse like yeah. you can do something like that finding a way to still stay engaged with your people just because you may not be able to do the thing that you were doing before mm-hmm. is like 
it's just critical. One of the silver linings, although I don't love being injured, is that I have been able to, I, I have extra time now that I don't yeah. usually have. So I've been able to do things with family and friends that I like wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. So like, it doesn't have to be like cross training. Like you can meet up with people and go like get brunch, like we said, or, um, yeah, just like do anything. I don't mm. know. I'll go do a pottery class yeah, or something. Something like <laughs> I that. <don't> know. <laughs> I remember uh, for me when I – so I started to navigate my recent injury like on my own in that I started to seek out like expert opinions when something fell off and I, I hadn't said anything. It had been like a week or so maybe on like the socials, right? And so I finally like decide. I'm like I'm going to fill them in that like something's going on with my body. And I kind of did this twice. The first time I was like, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off and I'm going to go live and just be like, I don't know what's going on with my body, but I'm dealing with this thing, whatever. Well, let me tell you, when I went to go do that, I was like hysterical. Like I was not emotionally equipped for like how I was going to feel because I felt like in that moment, it started to finally feel real for me. Like mm -hmm. I'm yeah. going to have to let all these people know like, hey, something's up. And like you probably noticed that I haven't been like maybe living in the way that you're used to seeing me kind of live my life. But I just want to let you know because I know many of you struggle with this as well. When it came to sharing with your following about the fact that you had been navigating with this kind of one for a while now. Talk me through that experience and how that felt for you. Yeah, it's uh, interesting because if I hadn't committed to New York, I actually probably just wouldn't have said anything. It huh. just probably would have felt like a bit unnecessary because I was able to get to the Olympics and compete still. Um, and I still was really happy with my performance. I'm like, like I, I don't want to sound cocky, but I'm proud of that. Like, um, I'm really proud of that. So if I like, I wish I could have extended my season one more race, but um, if I hadn't committed to New York, I probably wouldn't have said anything. Hmm. So um, at the time, I remember thinking, though, like, it probably is good to share this stuff. Like, I, it doesn't come naturally to me. It's not, like, my first thought. But, um, like, I don't know any runner that – this might be a double negative. I can't think of a runner that hasn't dealt with an injury at some point in their career. So um, – and it can, like, I think you mentioned earlier, it can feel like a lonely experience when you're going through it. And so just to like, I don't know, maybe know you're not the only one out there trying to find answers, trying to get back um, running, who's kind of dealing with um, like missing training like normal, uh, like maybe that can be a good thing to share that. And I think that I remember when we recorded the first time you talked a lot about how you were like trying to become a little bit more like yeah. open and vulnerable yeah, on social yeah. media. So I would imagine that in these instances when you do open up a little bit more, it's probably met with like a really great response. But then it's like every time you like you read a DM or you deal with someone, it's like you have to continually keep processing like your feelings. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I've been so bad with DMs lately. I need to get back going through them. But yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that is part of the heart. I think that is one of the hard things about opening up is because um, I have had a lot of people ask me um, for like advice on like knee injuries because that's what I have. And the thing is, everyone's actually so different. Yes. So I'm like, I can speak from my personal experience, but just because this works for me doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for, for you too. Yes. Um, because if that was the case, like no one would ever have a knee injury because yeah. we know all the answers. <laughs> or we wouldn't be like all flocking to different like physical therapists. Exactly. And, I mean, yeah. this point is just so important. I like have very, I have like the most random injury right now and in that we think it's like a deep psoas muscle strain. Like oh, yeah. it's like, it's bizarre, but yeah, someone yeah. else like reaches out to me and they're like, I've been having pain in my lower right abdomen too. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not qualified to say exactly. anything to you. Please go speak to a physician, have someone touch, <laughs> get your hands on your 
body and like right, and yeah. really feel it out because again we're all such individuals and it's yeah yeah it's something but I will also say this I get a I get a lot of messages um and I mean I'm sure with you as well like most of my following is women and and from the women that are in a place where that maybe they are on the injured list and they're frustrated that they can't move their body and they're a little worried about like how that's going to affect them in the long haul. I kind of yeah. liked where you were coming from just now. You were like, this is just a chapter in yeah, my story. Yeah. And it happens to everyone. I mean, any advice to those individuals that are like frustrated with feeling stagnant? Yeah. I mean, in the moment, it always feels like the biggest deal in the world. But then it's so interesting. Think of like a time you were injured like a year or two ago. And like, remember how that felt going through it and now looking back on it, it just seems kind of like a blip like in your like radar screen. And so um, not to downplay it, like it is tough and it's emotionally like hard, especially when you can't do the one thing like you love doing. But just remember, like in I feel like I've been in the sports so long, like I can step back and be like, yep, there are highs and lows in it. It's like the most cliche thing to say, but it's true. And so if you're on a low right now, just remember what comes next because like, it's just, it's part of it. It's part of the whole journey. It's part of, not sound cheesy, but it is. I know so many people actually who've had some of their highest highs after their lowest lows. I feel like I've heard conversations and I've had them with people where they're like, oh, I nearly quit the sport a year ago. And now like, I'm so glad I didn't because like, I just ran a PR. I just like, finished my first marathon. I made the Olympics. Like, yeah. And like <laughs> uh, these high moments can come in so many different forms, right? right? Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, like, for example, I was listening to a podcast this morning with Shalane and Shalane's talking about how right now a high for her is like appreciating running in a whole new way. And this appreciation of running has nothing to do with like getting another Olympic medal right. or it's just like a new appreciation of running with friends and like seeing it in a new way and experiencing it as a mom. And it's like, how cool is it? that like we can frame our perspective like that like yeah. we can take these upswings after a dramatically low moment a hurdle if you will and be like okay right now I have the opportunity to experience this in a way that maybe is different than before but frame that in a way that can really be giving back to me in this right. moment yeah it's almost yeah. like a relationship like with running that just evolves over time your perspective and approach can change over years and it's a I think a very positive thing when you can step back and look at it like that, like, oh, wow, like I'm enjoying in this whole like a new way. Yeah, no, <laughs> for fresh sure. Perspective. For sure. Fresh perspective is always helpful. So for you, now that you may be about to get back into the swing of things, I think it's a really good opportunity for us to talk about maybe not taking on too much too soon, which can yeah. be the thing that we're like tempted to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, like what will easing back into the swing of things really look like? Um, well, I will ease back in when my like, I have like a team of people, it's like three people that I rely on. And when like, we're all kind of in agreement, like, yep, it's like, it's time you're ready um, to ease back into it. I'll like get everyone's like advice and opinions. Um, and then yeah, it'll just kind of be like day by day, week by week, seeing how things go. Um, but it is like nice how I said earlier, how I do always have my husband there. Cause if like, I'm, I remember once I tried getting back running and I, I was like doing a workout. I'm like, I feel okay. And Shane's like, no, like you should stop. Running. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I have Shane there being like, oh no, like there might be a few little kinks we need to work out still. Like, like I take what he says seriously. So I have people I rely on um, that I'll just kind of use them to kind of gauge um, how quickly I get back into things. If we need to take steps back or if it's just like full speed ahead, long answer, just rely on my sport team. <laughs> yeah. Well, Shane, the chiropractor and who else? Uh, my coach. Right? Okay. Yeah. Got it. 
it's uh it's interesting because again like someone listening to this maybe more of an average joe like me like doesn't have like you know the stellar support squad in every aspect <laughs> that you do but here's this and they're like okay so maybe i should seek help you see a chiropractor have you ever um is there a reason specifically like for the chiropractor over maybe going to a physical therapist or like how did you find this relationship yeah so his name's john ball you probably have heard him yeah. mentioned on a bunch of podcasts uh i feel like every professional runner's probably seen him uh <laughs> but yeah he i mean he's technically a chiropractor but he does a lot of like um it, like physical therapy like strength work like i i get like my whole um like strength routine from him mm. like he kind of helps me figure out what my weaknesses are, what I need to work on. And yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he's had, I've had the most success like working with him. And so I'm so many professional runners. So he's kind of like this behind the scenes. Um, yeah, man, that just like helps a lot of us. Right now we talked about easing back into the swing of things. Obviously we're here in New York marathon weekend. This is tabled for now. What do you kind of foresee coming down the pipe for you? Yeah, I want to do another marathon for sure. Yeah. So I think either this spring, um, I could wait until next fall, but I kind of like I'd love to do one in the spring. I don't know which one yet because a lot of like the typical spring marathons, um, like I know London's actually not happening in the spring. Right. That would have been a fun one to do again. But I heard that's in the fall next year. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think probably spring marathon. I'd like to run some fast halves, um, but I, I'm not totally done on the track but i think i am done with like full track seasons so mm. um i might like hop on for like usas here or there but yeah i think i'm gonna kind of shift my focus to the roads for the most part and yeah just see what i can do there man shift your focus to the roads uh, when you say a fast half marathon just yeah. like give them some insight as to like how fast your half marathon is <laughs> Well, I'd love to go after the American record again. Uh, Molly's, I was like one second off of it oh. in Valencia. And I remember like when I crossed the finish line, saw that I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> one second <laughs> over like an hour and like seven and a half minutes. Like that's crazy. <laughs> oh God. One other thing that I wanted to kind of rewind and ask you about, uh, obviously this year with the Olympics being unlike other Olympics in years past with everything that's going on in our world, um, on top of that for you arriving there, having a, a little odd of a buildup for the last few weeks before beforehand, uh, a lot of athletes spoke about how lonely that experience was at times because we couldn't see, they couldn't travel with their conventional teams. For you navigating this injury at that time um, and kind of being there without the entire support squad, how was that? Yeah, actually, you know, it worked out okay. I like talked to pretty much my support squad every day. So that helped. Um, but yeah, I'm used to, I work with my coach Ray remotely anyway. He lives in Providence or he lives in Rhode Island and I'm in Arizona. So I'm like used to working with him remotely. But then um, I talked to uh, my husband, Shane, and I talked to my chiropractor, John, too, while I was there a lot. So I was constantly in touch with people, um, just like keeping tabs on things. But then I did have help from people in Tokyo that I wasn't expecting. Um, like my last like workout, which was like, all my workouts were like baby workouts. They were like two or three reps of a workout, but my last workout in Tokyo, like Joe Bossard was there for it, which was really nice. He's like, here, I'll like time you. And he even took some videos, which was nice. So I could send them, um, to like to my chiropractor so he could look at them. Um, and then like on race day, like I remember like, um, Shalane actually, and like Dathan, both like helped me out with things like my like ice vest randomly went missing <laughs> and we like couldn't find it from the cooler. Um, and like I didn't have anyone there because uh, we tried to see if my husband could go, but 
Um, it was very strict um, with all the COVID, uh, which like is understandable, um, but I didn't have anyone there. But like a lot of people, like it was kind of nice, like like helped me out. And um, like you said, like I didn't like I, maybe a few years ago, I would have felt bad asking for help. But um, I was just really thankful. And I sent like just some thank you messages afterwards to people like, hey, thanks for that. I appreciated it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I mean, I think also like this is another example of having to like reframe your perspective and accept like how things are now. Right. Because it could have been like really easy in that moment to like be frustrated. Like, why isn't anyone here with me? Like, why oh, am yeah. I the one that's like navigating this alone? And like other people have like somehow managed yeah. to have a coach here or whatever. But instead to pivot and like just accept this and you're like, well, this is how it is now. Yeah, it is. And I'm also like I am used to having to travel to some races alone anyway and ideally like like it would be nice if I always had um like a support team there or a support person there my husband actually is um he's planning on traveling to more of my races and now he's taking a little bit of a step back from work um to help me with that but uh but I am kind of used to it at the same time and um I know like I'm capable of doing a lot on my own and I know also when I need to lean on people for help. So I feel like a lot of individuals struggle with that though, right? Yeah. Like getting good at doing things on their own. Yeah, I think I kind of just didn't know any different. When I like kind of graduated from college, I was kind of doing a lot on my own for the first couple of years. Like I overlapped with Molly a little bit here and there, but um, I was pretty, I was pretty much on my own for a lot of it. And then um, when Shane started helping me with workouts, um, and like travel and stuff, I was like, whoa, this makes a huge difference. <laughs> I can never not have you or someone doing workouts. <laughs> um, yeah, like it does make a difference having a support team, but I think because I didn't really know any different, um, at first, like I, like I'm less flustered when I am somewhere, I'm stuck somewhere on my own. Um, I kind of, I know what to do. When you look at the last, I would say like four or five months, kind of in the thick of what you've been going through, um, anyone has anyone given you any advice that you keep coming back to? I do feel like over the years, I've just collected a lot of advice yeah. <laughs> dealing with injuries just in general. Um, and I do feel like this one I've had the healthiest approach with and that I'm like less stressed about it. Um, and maybe it's easier because I had like I am really happy with the year I had and, um, you know, I'm thankful for everything my body was able to do for me uh, in 2021. So maybe it was a little easier to like step back and be like, all right, this shouldn't be completely shocking that after a year of training at like a high level, my body needs a bit of rest. But um, yeah, I think, I don't know, just like constantly reminding myself like this is temporary. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and then just I'm viewing it like how I kind of like picture it in my mind right now I'm like I'm just recharging like I am just like right now getting ready to go like I'm enjoying this downtime with my fam like spending time with my husband and uh, I'm trying to make the most of it um, I'm very intentional with my time and when I'm like getting treatment or when I'm doing my strength routines like I'm paying attention and I'm listening and trying to make sure um, I'm kind of getting things down right but yeah, I'm just like, uh, I'm just like getting stronger. I'm just biding my time <laughs> and I'm trying to learn too. And then when it's time to go, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be so excited. <laughs> I think like one of the best things that you hear from individuals who have overcome injury often, they say that they utilize that time to work on something else that they hadn't been giving that focus yeah. while they were quote unquote in their best form. Yeah. So like right now for you, maybe strength training in a way that you hadn't been over the last like handful of months 
events or mm. um, taking the time to like, again, like spend time with family or whatnot. It's yeah. like all of these, we Both have, we have so many buckets in our life. And like, oftentimes it's easy to like keep pouring into like bucket A and bucket B, but then you forget to pour into C, D and E. Exactly. And when yeah. you're injured, it's like, oh shoot, now I like <laughs> actually can put some stuff in C, D and E and realize maybe going forward that you can do some more of that more often, even if you're given, giving I to the first two buckets. Couldn't put that better. That's so true. <laughs> but to all of that. Yeah. I think, um, for me, the hardest part with my job, I think is like missing out on like family events, mm. like missing out on weddings and holidays. Um, and I was able to go to my cousin's wedding in Chicago a couple weeks ago. And if I was doing New York, I like, I probably wouldn't have gone. Mm. And I was like, wow, like I need to make more time for this because like, I miss seeing like, um, my aunts and my uncles and my grandfather and um, my cousins like I, like I need to make time for this in my life too so yeah. I think that was kind of a good reminder um, to like take advantage of like my breaks and my downtime and really focus on those relationships um, and then yeah like focusing on strength training um, and how like I mean I have been incorporating that into my routine but still like you can always learn you can always um, get like like you can you can always learn you can always get better and so um really focusing on what broke down what needs some work and what I can improve upon so hopefully like I don't think I'll be like bulletproof but maybe the next <laughs> time I have an injury it'll be a little less severe yeah so. and you're already <laughs> mentally approaching them better and better every time it happens with yeah. experience and that's like such exactly. a such a big deal uh, any must-do things while you're in New York besides, you know, just the um, events? Any uh, places? A lot of events. I'm actually meeting up with some of my friends from college tomorrow, um, which is kind of nice. Uh, have dinner with a couple of them. And then, yeah, just like getting to catch up with people and getting to see everything um, that's going on. Marathon weekend, getting to see that magic happen again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm grateful that one of your stops on your New York tour was the Hurdle Studio. Yes. Thank you for having me. Emily, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give me the details. Um, I mostly post on Instagram. It's M underscore assistant underscore. I occasionally tweet like twice a year. <laughs> the rare tweet. <laughs> I actually can't even tell you my Twitter handle. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's Oh, geez. It's probably M underscore Sisson or M Sisson. Well, it'll be in the show notes. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's about it. That's it. I'm over <laughs> at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 